Hey everybody, Sujan Patel here. Today I'm speaking to Will Akin of Lavender. Will is a salesperson, a TikTok creator, and a public speaker and sales trainer. Uh, we're going to talk today about really putting more personality in your sales emails and really using uh, sales reps building a personal brand to, um, to make a name for sales. Will, thank you. Welcome. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here. So before we jump in, you mind giving us a quick intro on yourself and your company? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Will Aiken, as you mentioned there, a uh, salesperson, at least that's what I'm claiming to be. Uh, these days I make more content than I do set, uh, sales though. Um, originally started working in SaaS back in 2020 and then started creating content. The content started taking off and then my career took a little bit of a different direction. Uh, but what that's meant is I'm able to talk to people who are also really good at sales, uh, take what I like from them and create my own style, which has uh, been working pretty well for me. Currently work at a company called Lavender, uh, which if you haven't heard of, is a company that helps sales reps write better emails, or as I like to say, less bad emails, uh, because that's how most cold emails are in people's inboxes when you ask them. Fair enough. Right, right. You're, no one's ever like, oh my God, I can't wait to get one more cold email. Yeah. Well, I've but, actually made that my know, elevator pitch um, when I'm at events and stuff. I'm like, what, what do you do? And I'm like, well, do you get a lot of cold emails? And most people are like, yeah. Like, they're great, right? And they're like, uh, no. And I'm like, exactly. So that's kind of like a little subvert the expectation, but also do something a little different. <laughs> people ask you what you do. Love it. Uh, all right. So how'd you get into the sales world? Um, yeah, it was one of those classic things. It allows people telling you that you'd be really good at sales. Um, well, actually it was, you'd be really good at recruitment. Uh, that was in, when I was in Sydney, Australia and, uh, I believe them. And then I got into that and staffing agency is pretty, pretty sales adjacent, but I actually started recruiting salespeople there. Um, so I specialized in just finding salespeople, sales leaders would come to me. I'd find them good candidates, they'd hire them and they'd pay me money, uh, part of their, part of their salary. Um, so I was trafficking people in Australia pretty much, uh, as a headhunter. <laughs> and then, uh, I was getting so much exposure to how much these folks were making, um, that I was like, I should be doing this instead of recruitment. Although recruitment can be pretty lucrative. It's also got a few more variables as like you're managing kind of almost two sales process at the same time, you're managing the candidate and the hiring manager to try and close a sale, but it's very process driven. So then when I moved from Australia to North America, I was like, I want to sell software um, and made that my goal. And sure enough, eventually I, I managed to start working for a SaaS company. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think the, um, you know, what's funny is our, uh, a couple of our best sales reps came from a recruiting background as well, where they're working at um, recruiting agencies or what have you. And, and yeah, I mean, they're similar thing. Maggie came from, um, recruiting sales folks for her company. And I was like, Oh, you'd be, if you, you already know the language, you already sell to our customer and you know, sales cause you've been recruiting for the whole time. So boom. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, let's, let's switch gears. So you, I hear you, I, I'm not on TikTok, So mm. I, uh, my team is, uh, but I hear you've got quite the following and quite the content on TikTok. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, heartbreakingly enough. Uh, I put almost all my heart and attention in towards the sales feed account, which is a company run by Vidyard. Um, and then when I left there, I had to say goodbye to that. So I got that to a hundred thousand followers. But the reason why I got that role in the first place was because I was making my own personal content on TikTok. Uh, you know, little short, 
sub 30 second sales tips, career advice, but also quite a lot of sales human content as well. There's so much stuff that happens in sales that is like it, you can only laugh really to cope. Um, so making videos, pointing out the relatable stuff that happens in sales and tech companies, and, and that just took off. There's some real virality potential on TikTok. And um, once it started, I just kind of doubled down on what was working and kept going. And although I don't do it as much lately, just because time commitment uh, for at least my personal side, I still do it for Lavender. Um, but every now and again, I just go on there and make a video and hit post and like without fail, it just, it just blows up for no reason sometimes. Um, nice. but yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes where, when, when I, sorry, uh, when, when I started doing it, I was in sales and it was kind of like my hobby. But then when it became my full-time gig, creating this type of content, it's almost like I wanted a break from that sometimes. So that's probably why I don't do as much for my, my personal brand as much as I used to. Fair enough. Yeah. And where, where are you focusing on any other social channels or, um, networks right now or? Uh, you just heads down selling, um, YouTube massive. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's where there's the most potential to be honest. And, uh, so I'm creating a lot of short form content, the YouTube shorts, but also putting a whole lot of effort into creating uh long form, uh, creative content, uh, you know, sales training videos, these, these crazy challenges last week. Um, I paid eight people on Fiverr who were offering cold email writing services on like the free lighting website to write me cold emails. And then I reviewed them afterwards, just trying to find creative ideas, things that make it a little bit more nice. interesting than just, uh, how to Love write it. a cold email. Yeah. We're actually doubling down on LinkedIn and, um, and YouTube as well. So, uh, shorts seems to be crushing it. We've got so much content like this video here will be sliced up into, I don't know, you dropped already a couple knowledge bombs. So, um, probably five or six different shorts. And then we just keep, you know, each piece of content that like, I'll go spend like 30 minutes doing an interview like this. Um, and it'll get turned into like 10 to 15 different pieces of content and all across the board. So, um, I, I love that part, but what's funny is like, we create these, we're going to create this awesome video interview here. Yeah. We edit it up, you know, we do four or five of these a month, but the best performing content is the shorts. Like the 30 second knowledge bomb will perform better than the video sometimes. Um, yeah. and then that's just kind of YouTube shorts promoting, uh, YouTube promoting shorts right now, getting traction. Yeah. I think it's definitely a sign of what people are looking for as well. Like, uh, a, a lot of the, the time people are on these apps just for like quick hits of dopamine and, and, and that can come in the favor of like a laugh or like a knowledge, like a one thing, right. Um, especially as younger demographics start to get into this, this world of B2B sales. That's those are the places where they were looking before. And that's probably the first place they'll look for, for information when they don't know how to do something or, or want to learn something new. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like this, uh, I've got one problem. I want to just solve that one thing, just hit me with it and then move on. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you, that's a good gateway into getting exposed to that brand. Cause I don't know if you saw like the algorithm, the way, the way, the way the algorithm is focusing right now on YouTube, it's like, uh, you get hooked on one short. Uh, when you swipe, if you're on your mobile or on your computer, if you go to the next one, it's automatically the the next another video from the same brand, mm. and then and then it goes into a different brand relate a different. It goes into that same topic, but different brands. But yeah. you start engaging in those two videos. Now all of a sudden, it, you're going to see more of your shorts, and it just kind of like leads you into that long video. You know, I still believe the tried and true. Like it takes kind of probably seven to eleven. To, uh, brand references or kind of touches 
to to get a meaningful memory of that business or or, yeah. or product and and shorts hey it's, it's just a shortcut to get you into that one touch right um yeah so let, let's switch gears i want to talk about you know you at lavender you guys focus on really making well we talked about this offline less bad cold emails right but really mm -hmm. writing good good sales emails um yeah. what are the kind of components how do you look at what makes a good sales email yeah so the, the, there's probably a few different there's probably two buckets i'd say there's like the the email like formatting it's length it's 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 how it's written the the types of words you use but then also the messaging so maybe starting with length you know shorter the better really like the people who are getting these emails are super busy they don't have time to read some big essay beyond that most emails are opened on mobile phones so like breaking out make sure there's lots of white space it's not a sore to read Make sure that subject line isn't tipping people off that the email is going to be crap. Uh, apologies, rubbish. Um, and and then so those are the, those are the kind of like the formatting things, the things that can be really be measured. The mesh, meshing side is probably where I see people make the most mistakes though, and that's really like talking about themselves too much, or or, or, or being generic, or like pretending to personalize their emails when they actually haven't. So for messaging, what's working? best right now is, is really relevant emails are written all about the context and framing in the interests of the person you're reaching out to. Whereas most emails that folks get are like, hey, we have this super innovative product. It's all in one solution. It's going to automate your accounts payables and save you loads of time and money. Unless they're looking for something like that, they don't really care. So instead, flipping that on its head and making it about the challenges that someone might be having with accounts payables that you can help them solve is a much better and more compelling email that will get someone who's not currently looking for a solution to take interest in the solution. So what that looks like is, hey, we have uh, an accounts payable automation platform. Let's just use that as the example, because I got an email this morning about that, even though I don't work in accounts payables, so targeting is really important as well. Um, but if they help automate, then what's like the challenges that are, that are happening that that's gonna help solve? So like figuring out what back, back kind of reverse engineering feature to what pain point is that actually solving? So mm -hmm. in the case of automation, it's often saving time. That's not that compelling. So like, what is the headache or, or, or impact of, of, of doing things the bad way? So let's imagine mm -hmm. someone's using Excel spreadsheets, then chances are they are having difficulties finding information quickly. So when their CEO is asking them for an update on the budget, they can't give them a straight answer, which means there's loads of stress at the end of the month when he's got to go to the board meeting. So mm -hmm. like that could be a compelling pain point. Now, that's just not like that's good on its own right but to reach out to someone and say hey you having headaches with your ceo asking you for a budget update at the end of the month it's not really explaining why you've reached out to them in the first place and it's not yep. really that relevant to them although it's focused on the problem and it's better than talking just about features and benefits it's not quite enough so you have to give them like a reason why you've reached out to them so that's where i'd actually start tying in like personalization and observations so there's a lot of tools out there these days that can show you what kind of tech stack a company has or if they've raised funding recently. Um, so what that can mean is you can use one of those triggers as they call them to then actually give them a reason as to why you think they might have that problem. And that shows that you've got a little bit about you. It's much more likely to make them think, oh, wow, this person's actually done some research. They're pulling out a problem. That is a pain point I have. And now I might be interested in this automation solution, whereas saving time, money, all in one solution wasn't interesting solving that challenge that they have in their world is. So the messaging side, I think is really where a lot of people get the miss. The formatting is just kind of no, keep it short, 
don't use buzzwords. Don't use those cliches, those, I hope this finds you well and looking forward to your response. Don't waste words on that type of thing. But really the messaging I think is where the biggest area of improvement is for most cold emails. Love it. That was love a it. really I think, long uh, answer for your question. I'm sorry. Well, no, that's great. I think you've nailed it. a couple things uh, all in one. So no fluff, none of this. Don't waste words, right? Everything matters. No jargon, <clears throat> industry words. Focus on, you said, the getting their attention, the personalization or something about them. Start there. Um, short, sweet formatting. Now, we're, we're saying a whole lot of stuff here. Like, yeah. will you just drop like, I don't know like what you said in two minutes is going to take people like hours and hours to kind of get right in the email. And that's okay. It should take you a while to formulate um, a short thought. It, it is hard to take everything you do as a company and say, here's one sentence, right? Or here's how I can get yeah. started. Um, and, and if you want the shortcut, simple, go use lavender. I, I'm pretty sure you'll call out all these things and help at least start you off in the right way. Yeah. to then iterate to success. Yeah, especially on the, the formatting side, we'll point out that the tool is designed to like point out, hey, don't say I hope this finds you well. And hey, you could probably use shorter, less buzzwordy jargon in here. But for the messaging side, if you really want to start writing relevant emails to people, that's probably where we can't help you actually, because we don't know what your product does and how it helps. What I would do in those cases, if you're new to a company or maybe your emails and cold calls just aren't going well, look at the data you already might have look in your CRM for the reasons that people bought, what problems and challenges they were trying to solve and the reasons why they made that decision. And then use that as your, your hook, essentially your, your pain point solving. And if you're a brand new company, let's say you're just a one, two person startup, then you can't do that because you don't have ma massive data and loads of past customers that you can look at and see why they bought. Maybe look at some competitors, go to their case studies, look at the reasons, the things that people say, oh, we love this product because it did this. And it solved this challenge. And then that's mm -hmm. your, that's your pain point. That's what's what you want to be writing about. Love it. Yeah. I, I actually, that, that, those are great tips. I think there's like two tools or two extra ways I do things um, to help you understand craft this, like the, the thing about you, your business, which I think most people get wrong. And there's no like silver bullet in the world that gets you a short, sweet, attention grabbing version of your product offering or your pain point, unless you figure, unless you've already figured it out. Mm. Um, winter for marketing messaging, you can use winter. It's W Y N T E R. Um, mm. and that will get you that persona of people you're hitting, you're, you're going after, they will tell you, you can test your copy against them, but they can also tell you their pain points. You can also do survey, Monkey or Question Pro, um, those are two good survey tools. So you can pay them to do a survey and yeah. you want to figure out the pain points of what that segment is hitting, right? And then you want, then you can test, okay, let's say you do this survey. You probably want like maybe 100, 200, 300 people and you're going to find, they're going to say three to five common pain points that you can distill. Then mm -hmm. you go and write emails based on each pain point and see if any of those land. Yeah. And then you can very you can adjust then you so you have pain points now then you can use lavender you can write the email use lavender to say here's the right format structure here's something that can grab attention and, mm -hmm. and then send it off uh, and then if you really don't have any of this stuff go run facebook ads or google ads 
against your competitor's name or your, you know, your, your keyword, if you've got one or the segment of customers you're going after on Facebook ads, write some copy with whatever you get, just get, right? Write some mm-hmm. copy and whatever has a better open rate, a click through rate, not open rate, click through rate, um, that has more attention. Then you can use again, same process. You take that, turn it into email and then put it in lavender and send it through Mailshake. Boom. You're you're good. But all this only works if you actually spend the time to figure out who your customer is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the 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 third way might sound a bit prehistoric is just talking to customers as well, right? Like you you you'll find if you have the trust and report, best place to do is events because they'll actually give you time. Just be like, hey, what what's what's you know, when it comes to, let's say for Mailshake, or let's, let's keep it out of the sales industry. Cause I don't always like using sales examples because it's easy for us to get trapped in to the world when sell. we're selling to salespeople. So like, let's yeah. say you sell to doctors and you go to a industry event with doctors, you can actually talk to them and be like, Hey, like how are you using that tool? Oh, wow. Well, what happens when that happens? And they'll give you the time of day when you're in person, normally to just kind of explain that. And then you can start listening for those big pain points. Like, Oh, it's so annoying because this happens or whatever. And that's really where you can then drill into those pain points where people, it's going to be relevant to people. So talking to people as well gets you that really qualitative stuff and also allows you to talk in their language rather than industry jargon, buzzwords, et cetera. Yeah, I love it. And I, I think this, like, there's this, there's a, probably a handful of companies out there, hundreds of companies out there that sell to sales and mm-hmm. you hear about them all the time, right? Like, yeah. but that, those are not a good example because it's too easy to sell to salespeople. It's not easy. It's hard because there's a lot of people selling to them, but yeah. it's too easy to talk about it because it's a, everyone has a, the customer and the prospect and the seller have the same exact language. You can yeah. resonate when you're a salesperson, you're selling to doctors. You've got no length. Like you're like on like opposite ends of the world of what your day to day looks like, what you talk about, what you care about. And there's mm-hmm. truly no way to figure out uh, who they are versus talking to them. So um, I love that. I think that, that in person, in fact, like that's, that's how I actually got exposed to, I think there's three wills at Lavender, right? That's right. There's, there's me, okay. the least important one. Uh, the, well, I, I won't say least important, the one, the least equity. Um, and then there's Will <laughs> Red and Will Balance are the two co-founders, COO and CEO respectively. Love it. So I don't even know how you guys can communicate it's like army it's like it's like Aiken, all red balance um <laughs> <laughs> perfect yeah. um but yeah anyways what i've what i what i've seen with lavender is i've seen you guys actually in action talking to your prospects and just like shut up and listen and then a few months later actually use that in your content like as in like you've adjusted your pitch or an approach and so I don't think there's ever a time you can stop talking to people in real life and learn. And that's the best, uh, that's the best. Would you agree? That's the best stuff to personal use to personalize your emails. Yeah. The, the, the stuff that people will tell you in person versus when you emailed them or even got them on a zoom is wild. Like I, I remember going to, I think it was SAS actually. No, it was a different event. And I bumped into a customer that actually ghosted me when I was working at a previous company. It's like, hey, how you doing? And they immediately like spilled their things. The reason why they didn't buy, the reasons why, uh, the re- things I could have done better, what they ended up doing in the long term. And like, because they were, were in person, we're just having a chat, like two people instead of like a salesperson and a, and, and a buyer. They were like, yeah, by the way, this is why that didn't work out. 
my bad for ghosting you that time. Not intentional, nothing against you. Just this came up, right? But like I yeah. sent them probably like, you know, four emails trying to catch that, get that deal back on track, tried to call yeah. them, hit them up on LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, in person, I think it just takes down a barrier and that, that allows you to actually, if you, if you listen well and you ask the right questions, you can, you can learn a lot about your bias. Love it. So I, I think that the takeaway here on that front is if you're in early stage of a company or just smaller team kind of figuring out your sales process, don't look at CAC or cost acquisitions or any of that stuff. You, it, talking to customers is invaluable, right? It, mm. it's, the, it's the effort, the work that you use to then scale at, sell at scale. But yeah, you uh, definitely, uh, it, it, even if you're not, if you go to an event, you don't get a single deal in your pipe. If you spend the whole time just talking to people who you're planning to sell to, I can show you yeah. both like how you approach people in the future, but also maybe what you end up doing with your product, especially if you're in very early days, right? Uh, you got to test yeah. it to figure out if it's going to work. And that's perfect, perfect ground to do so. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I do this every like quarter or six months as I go in a room with a bunch of VP of sales, CROs. Yeah. We don't, we, we kind of sell to them. We sell to like smaller sales teams, but what I do is, is a, is a, I do this so I can understand what the heck they care about. Yeah. And I guarantee every time I come in with like, I think they care about this and they're talking about something else. And I'm like, Oh yeah, they don't give a crap about what I'm trying to say here with this one thing. Right. Yeah. That maybe they did at a point, but, but yeah, I think it's a, it's important to do regularly, but, but anyways, Will, we've taken a lot of your time. Thank you so much um, for all that value. Um, where can people go to, you know, to, to keep in touch and, and learn more? Uh, yeah, LinkedIn's the best spot for it. Um, the Lavender YouTube channel is, is absolutely grinding right now as well. So you'll see a lot of me there. And uh, if it's not me in the video, then it's probably me behind the scenes uploading and making eye-catching thumbnails. So be sure to subscribe and look at the videos there for great email tips. Love it. And uh, go check out Lavender. Just, I guarantee you, whatever your great email is, plug it in there. I'm sure it's, you're going to get at least three or four little nuggets of things you can make better. We're going to need to build an integration if you keep saying all these nice things about us, mate. So we can, <laughs> That's right, yeah. We can, we can, we That's can why I got you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you got the least technical person on the team, but I'll, I'll send a Slack. <laughs> Sounds good.